Thanks for joining us at the Liberty City Podcast. Liberty City values each person's unique experience with faith, and we hope that this word impacts you today. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the third service of 2021. If you've got your Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew 4, 1 to 11? It says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. Let's pray, and then we're going to get into our message today. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power that is at work in our lives. Would you speak to us today? Father, would you move? Lord, would you speak to us about those things that need to be shifted, need to be changed? Father, would you bring encouragement where we need encouragement? We thank you for your word. We lift up the name of Jesus over this service and over this message. In Jesus' name. And every person said, Amen. Amen. My message today is entitled, The Test of the Wilderness. The Test of the Wilderness. At the start of this year, a bunch of us took on uh, the task, the big task of doing the annual Bible shred, reading our Bible uh, from cover to cover in 30 days. Some of the best things about the shred is that you quickly learn a lot about God's personality and character. You get to see very clearly that Jesus right throughout the Old Testament kind of just jumps in and out. We get to see him as the angel of the Lord. And you get to see the overarching themes that are taking place throughout the Bible. One of those key themes that I have been drawn to over the last few weeks has been the theme of the wilderness. The wilderness is a very important theme right throughout the Bible. Not only here in our scripture was Jesus led into the wilderness, but the Israelites, as they come out of Egypt, are also led into the wilderness. One of the very first voices that we hear in the New Testament found in Matthew 3 is the voice crying out in the wilderness, the voice of John the Baptist. The wilderness is an important theme throughout the Bible. 
God even made a rule, a decree, that the Israelites were to remember the wilderness by having a feast of tabernacles, a feast of tents, remembering that time, that season where they were tenting and they they are required to do that every year. Every year they were to remember their time in the wilderness. Why? Because the wilderness is an important theme in the Bible. Even Elijah, after defeating the prophets of Baal, fire has just come down. He's just had this epic moment when Jezebel sends her threats. He gets scared. And where does he go? Where does the Lord meet him? And for the sake of uh, later on in my message, I want to read you that passage of scripture. 1 Kings 19.3 says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to, to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me ever so severely if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life, crazy after such a moment. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, hear this, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into where? Into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And check this out. I love this. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some baked bread over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey. Hear this, the journey is too much for you. So he got up, he ate and drank and strengthened by that food, not just strengthened by the food, strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into the cave and spent the night. And we know that story. It's the place where God passes him by, the Lord passes by, not in the fire, not in the earthquake, but in the gentle whisper. There is something about the wilderness. God leads us to the wilderness. He meets us in the wilderness. He tests us in the wilderness. Why? I believe we find the answer in our key passage of scripture today. In this passage of scripture, we learn three important lessons through the testing of Jesus in the wilderness. We learn about three tests that you and I go through at some point in time. We will go through this. That mean enough to God that Jesus himself went through it, as did many of the people that I've mentioned in these stories already. The test of the wilderness. If you're taking notes, I believe the first test we must go through, found again in this passage of Scripture, is the test of our spirit. Write that down. The test of our spirit. The Scripture says, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, talking about Jesus, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth 
of God. Interesting, when you cross-reference that scripture, where are we led to? We are led to the story of the Israelites in the wilderness. Deuteronomy 8.3 says this, He humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you what? To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. The wilderness is important. The wilderness is a test of our spirit. Jesus had fasted in in this moment. He had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Why do we fast? We fast to remind ourselves that we are spiritual beings and that we need more then this world has to offer us in order for us to be sustained. Why? God says it in his word that we are to be in this world, but we are not of this world. We are spiritual beings. When you and I think of the wilderness, I I don't know about you, but I think about mountains. I think deer, I think maple trees, rivers. But in the Bible, the wilderness is the desert. The wilderness is a place that cannot sustain our physical bodies. And so what is the lesson for us here? Just as the wilderness cannot sustain us physically, so the world cannot sustain us spiritually. And we need to understand that. We do not live on bread alone because we have a spirit and the wilderness is the test of that spirit. I'll never forget one of our youth girls when we were back in New Zealand. She went on a missions trip and where she went, there were uh, many children who were malnourished and uh, really needed food. And she came back and she was sharing the story about these children that she would see. And I found that I had tears in my eyes because that's classic me. That's the kind of, I sit on my phone late at night and read the saddest of stories. And she'd tell me that story and I I, I was moved and, and sad. And then she said this, she said, but the crazy thing is, Nadia, is that their spirits were alive. Their spirit was full. Their physical may have been malnourished, may have been struggling. But man, these people loved the Lord. They had an understanding that they were more than just their physical. They had a spiritual body as well. And she said, it's crazy because I've come back home to a first world nation and I look around and I don't see malnourished physical bodies, but I see malnourished spiritual bodies. And I'll never forget that illustration. We are spiritual beings. Growing up uh, in New Zealand, one of the things we were taught, it was part of indigenous culture, was this idea of whare tapafa, whare being house, Tapafar being four walls, talking about the fact that a house has to be held up with four walls. I'm sure that there was some kind of something that you all learned uh, in reference to that as well. It talked about taha heningaro, being the importance of our mental well-being. Talked about taha fano, the importance of family and community being one of the walls of the house. Tahatinana, which is the importance of our physical health, looking after ourselves, exercising, eating healthy. And perhaps one of the most important ones was Taha Wairua, our spiritual health. 
an understanding that we are more than just the physical. The funny thing about this Wharetapafa illustration is that it's no new thing. In reading through the shred, uh, the book of Leviticus, the book of Leviticus is devoted to teaching us all of these four walls, all of these practices way ahead of our time. The question we must ask ourselves is this, and I encourage you to ask yourself right in this moment, what is the state of your spirit? How healthy is your spirit today? We tend to ensure that the other walls are healthy because we feel the effect of things going wrong in those areas in our physical world. But the wilderness forces us to engage beyond that. When was the last time you truly engaged in prayer? When you had that moment, you felt the presence of God fill your room. You felt that presence minister to your spirit. When was the last time you truly engaged in prayer? What are you doing day to day to strengthen your spirit? At some point, you will find yourself in the wilderness. The truth is, is that the Bible is clear that this is a wilderness. This is not our home. This is not where we will be. We are always, in a sense, in the wilderness. We will all go through wilderness seasons, tough times. Some of you are guaranteed to be in a wilderness season right now. Here's the thing. In the wilderness season, you'll either find yourself returning to the bread of this world that will never satisfy. It will never satisfy you. It will never be enough for you. Whatever you lean on, whatever you go to in this world is never going to be enough. Or we remember that we do not live on bread alone, but that there is a rock in the wilderness that will sustain us forever. The second test we find in our passage of scripture today is the test of your trust. The test of your trust. I spoke about this a few weeks ago in my message, Walk Above the Waves. The truth is, is that I will always be mentioning and talking about the trust that we need to have in God because that's my life's message. Trust God. I mentioned that if surrender and obedience get us on the water, talking about Peter coming out of the boat and stepping onto the water, if surrender and obedience get us on the water, then it's trust in God that keeps us on the water. And like the water, the wilderness tests our trust in God. Let's jump back into the key scripture today. It says this. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Why do we test? We test so that we can trust. It's an issue of our trust. You get a driving test, for example, to see if you can be trusted to drive. You do a maths test to see if you can be trusted with maths. In relationships, we are continually testing people whether we realize it or not. Why are we testing them? We are testing to see if we can trust. 
We have an inherent mistrust towards people and sometimes towards our God. But we are not only told to trust God, we are commanded to trust God. Right throughout the Bible, God makes it very clear that we are not to test him. Why? Because we are to trust him. In fact, the only place that God allows us to test him is in the tithe. Hear that? Ugh, some people don't like it. That is the only place that we are allowed, given permission to trust God. Interestingly enough, when God says you cannot serve both God and what? The only other God he mentions is money because God is passionate about not letting money have our hearts. Money tends to take over lordship in our lives, but that's a sermon for another day. In the wilderness, do you test God or do you trust him? Do you test his goodness when things get hard? Do you test his grace? Do you test his kindness? Do you test his love? Do you test his word? The Israelites moaned and groaned and they tested God, continually talking of going back to be slaves so that they could eat cucumbers, so that they could be provided for because they did not trust God. They wouldn't trust his provision. And amidst their grumbling, God still came through. God still provided every single time. His patience for people is quite unbelievable. However, the generation who tested God continually, the Israelites who tested God continually in the wilderness, never made it out of the wilderness and into the promised land. It was the next generation who did. Why? Because they didn't trust, they tested. And just how trust will keep you walking on the water, so trust will enable you to walk through the wilderness and into the promises of God. The test of the wilderness is a test of our, of our trust. Trust God, don't test God. In the midst of questioning things of life, the big things of life, let us not lose, hear me, let us not lose our reverence and our honor for who God is by testing him. He is Lord. He is God. He is our creator. And he is worthy of our trust. And the third test that we find in our scripture today, if you're taking notes, the third and final test is the test of your worship. The test of your worship. Who do you turn to in the wilderness? Who do you look to? What do you lean on? Who will you worship? Our key scripture, the final part of it, says this. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. If there's another overarching theme I've been finding in our shred, 
It is how passionate God is about being our God and not allowing ourselves to give in to idols. This is the third and final test that we go through in the wilderness. Ultimately, the Israelites continued to walk away from God. Even when they had seen all that God had done, he had literally split a sea, provided random food that they had never eaten before, uh, gave a pillar of fire for them to be led by night and a pillar of cloud during the day. And yet, they still continued to drift in their worship. Perhaps one of the worst examples um, of this had to be when Moses goes up the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and the people start grumbling again because they wanted something to worship. Whether you realize it or not, we are all looking to worship something. It's in us because we are created to worship God. So because the Israelites are continuing to grumble, Aaron, the poor guy, decides, yeah, bring all the gold and we'll fashion something. So he takes their gold, puts it into a fire and fashions a calf. And then Moses comes down and is like, what have you done? And Aaron says, oh my gosh, we put gold in the fire and this cow came out. That's literally what he says to Moses. The worst liar ever award goes to Aaron in that moment. Surely he could have come up with something better. But the Israelites are a picture of us as Christians. Why? Because they're bought out of slavery, like us, taken out from our old life and bought into something new. The Israelites then walk through the sea, uh, talking about the waters of baptism. We too go through the waters of baptism. God then washes away the Egyptians, the slave drivers, talking about how through the waters of baptism, God washes away our past. And then they are led by the Holy Spirit through pillars, talking about how once we come out of that, we have the Holy Spirit who guides us through our lives. It is a picture of us as Christians, and yet still, after all of that has been done for us, we as Christians have a habit of turning away from God and looking for new masters. That's why consistently throughout Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, God is continually saying, remember what I did for you and give me thanks. Do not worship any other gods. You know, he hardly ever said that prior to the Israelites coming out of slavery. Why? Because as humans, we have this weird thing when when we experience freedom, we start to look for different masters. We start to look for different gods. We have a loyalty issue. As Christians, we know all that God has done for us, and yet we still have a tendency to almost go on the hunt for something new. But we must be loyal to the one true God. We must be loyal to him and worship him, continually giving him our worship, even in the hardest of times. We must continue to give God worship in the wilderness. And not just in our hearts. Can I just say this? Not just in our hearts. I believe a key to getting through the test of the wilderness seasons is found in corporate worship. Psalm 81 is an incredible psalm, and it's actually a psalm talking about the Feast of Tabernacle, what I mentioned earlier. 
the, the song is a representation for the Israelites of what they are to remember every single year when they remember the wilderness. It goes like this. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music. Strike the timbrel. Play the melodious harp and lyre. Sound the ram's horn at the new moon and when the moon is full on the day of our festival. And hear this. This is a decree for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. There is nothing like corporate worship to bring gratitude into your heart to be reminded of the God of ages. When you're standing there looking around, to be reminded of the God of many, not just of the God of many, but the God of my life, of us personally. You find yourself strengthened and encouraged, able to keep going in the season of the wilderness. Corporate worship provides you with a heavenly perspective and is a decree of God. Colossians 3, 15 to 16 says this, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach one another with all wisdom through what? Through psalms, hymns, and songs from the spirit, singing to God, with gratitude in your hearts, together as the church, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts, singing together as a church body, congregational worship is in fact a decree of God. In the wilderness, our worship is tested. And the truth is that we fail so often. We cling to other things, we rely on other things, we're drawn to other things, we worship other things. We tend to isolate ourselves when we're in wilderness seasons. We isolate ourselves from others and not engage in fellowship and worshiping together. And yet God continues to give us another chance. The Israelites failed in their worship in the wilderness. They made a calf. We fail. But in the scripture, it's so encouraging because Jesus did not fail. And if there's anything truly wonderful and if there's anything that you can take away from this message today, it's this, that out of the desert, out of the wilderness, there is Jesus. Jesus meets us there. He is in the wilderness. In Exodus 17, one to six, the Israelites are moaning again as they do saying, we need water, give us water, Moses. Otherwise, we're going to die out here, even though they've literally been provided for year after year by God. And so God instructs Moses and says, go and strike the stone. And so he goes and strikes the stone and out from it flows water. It happens again in Numbers 20, 1 to 12, the Israelites again start moaning. And they say, give us water. And so God instructs Moses, go to the rock, strike the rock and water will flow. And so off he goes, he strikes the rock and water comes up, comes out. Jesus is our rock in the wilderness. And those rocks in the Old Testament and those stories, 
They are the foreshadowing of our rock of Jesus Christ. They are a picture of him being up on the cross. And as they strike him, what comes out? Blood, yes, but also water. Jesus was in the wilderness for them. And he is in the wilderness for you and for me. He is our rock when all other rocks crumble away. Remember that in our key passage of scripture today, the devil comes to Jesus and offers him what? He offers him a stone. And he says to Jesus, turn this stone into bread. But he didn't know the truth. A stone is not enough. A stone is something small, something that you can get across the river. He didn't realize that we don't need a stone. A stone is not going to give us the bread that we need. We need the rock, the rock of ages. He is our bread of life. Jesus is our bread of life. The devil is always trying to offer us something that looks like Jesus, but is nowhere near as strong, is not going to sustain you, and is never going to satisfy you. We need the rock, and he is our rock in the desert. Even Elijah, the reason why I shared that story, the angel of the Lord meets him and prepares for him the kind of food that is going to sustain him on his journey. He says, this food. That is, again, Jesus out in the desert. The angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is referring to Jesus himself showing up for the people of God. And he meets Elijah out in the wilderness. He cares for him. He provides for him. And he gives him the food that is going to sustain him for his journey in the wilderness. Now here's the crazy thing, because all of that is enough. All of that is amazing. If we left the message there, done, perfect, incredible, wow. Jesus is our rock. He gives us our water. He gives us our bread. But Psalm 81, the Psalm of the Feast of Tabernacle, which I mentioned earlier, this is how it finishes. Listen to this. Psalm 81 verse 16. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat. The finest of wheat. With honey from the rock, I will satisfy you. Isn't that incredible? That Jesus is not just our bread. He's the finest of bread. Jesus is not just our water from the rock. He is our honey from the rock. He turns bitter things sweet. The test of the wilderness is important. It tests our spirit, it tests our trust, and it tests our worship. And we learn that there is a rock and his name is Jesus. He is with us and he will leave a sweet taste in our mouths. In the wilderness, when our spirit is strengthened by Him, when we trust in Him, when we worship Him, He takes that hard road, that tough time, that hurt, that pain, the wilderness that we go through, and He makes it sweet. Honey from the rock. 
We are all trying to be those people that when hurt comes, when bitterness tries to get in, that it doesn't get in because our spirits are what? Our spirits are sweet. But we can only have that when we are clinging on to the rock that is Jesus right throughout our wilderness, whether that be in wilderness seasons or the wilderness that we find ourselves in today in this world, we need Him. None of us are immune to pain, but when Jesus is truly our rock in the wilderness amidst the pain, then bitterness cannot take hold. We move through maybe feeling the pain, but not weighed down by the pain. Because why? His word says that he works for the good of those who love him. There is honey in the rock. You might be saying today, Nadia, I'm in a wilderness. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm like the Israelites, still camped out out in Egypt. I haven't come out of the slavery of Egypt. There is still a captor of my soul. And I want to give my spirit to God. I want to trust Him and I want to worship Him. I want to be able to go to that rock and find that water, find the honey, find the bread that will sustain me through this life. And I'm glad that that's something that you want to do today. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a line of a prayer. And by saying this prayer from your heart, as you pray this prayer, it is you inviting Jesus to come into your life and be that rock in your life. That when life starts to shake, you don't necessarily shake with it because He is your foundation. He is your rock. And so many of us have prayed this incredible prayer before because it's the best thing that you could ever hope to do. And so if you're there today, you're tuning in online and you've been listening to this message and you know that you are caught in the wilderness, that you are not in a relationship with God, that Jesus is not your rock, then I encourage you, pray this prayer today. Join with me and pray this prayer. It goes like this. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. I ask, would you forgive me of my sin? Would you be my rock in the wilderness? And I thank you that you are. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. And every person said, amen, amen. The test of the wilderness. It's a test of your spirit. What is the state of your spirit today? It's the test of your trust. Trust God, don't test God. And it is the test of your worship. Who are you leaning on today? Where is your worship going? And if you can pass the test of the wilderness, God will trust you with the promised land. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so glad you joined us today at Liberty City Podcast. Please check us out on social media and find an event to connect with us.